Please remain standing as you're able. We do so out of the respect for uh, God's Word. And as you know from the last few months, as we come to God's Word, we want to come to God's Word in the same way that Jesus and the people of His day would have, which is before you hear the Word of God, you commit yourself again to God, saying that you're willing to do and obey what you hear in God's Word. And the way we do that is by confessing our faith in the ancient words of what's called the Shema, which means hear or listen. It's from Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to do a part of it in Hebrew, invite you to follow me, and we'll do it in English. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Amen. This is what God says to us, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, four. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. During the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia, Security guard Richard Jewell was on duty when he noticed in Centennial Park a strange backpack, a a strange object being placed there. Uh, Fearing the worst, he began to clear the area, and sure enough, a bomb went off. 111 people were injured. Richard Jewell, the security guard, was immediately hailed a hero for his brave and quick-thinking action that saved certainly a number of lives. But a few days later, an unnamed source leaked to the press that the FBI considered Richard Jewell a person of interest in the case. Now, years later, Eric Rudolph admitted to the bombing. But in those moments, the words of the unnamed source took the reputation and really the life of Richard Jewell, who died earlier this year. Words indeed have power. Now, in the same city in 2005, you may recall the story of Ashley Smith. Ashley Smith was abducted by uh, uh, Brian Nichols, who had murdered a number of people. And she used words. She used prayer and apparently even excerpts from Rick Warren's purpose-driven life to convince her abductor to release her and to turn himself in. Words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says that words can bring life. Our words can bring death. Now, I mention that to you because I think it's become trendy in recent years to sort of downplay words and their significance. It's not unusual for someone to remind us that actions speak louder than words or that talk is cheap or my personal favorite, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And then Julie reminded the children of what we all heard when we were growing up, and that is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you think the person who made up that rhyme was stinging a bit from somebody's words? Words still have power. If you don't believe me, you should have been here with me last night, stood here, right in this spot, bride, groom in front of me, and I said to them, I now pronounce you. And their world changed. That word had some power. Words have the power to create new realities, both for good and for ill. We're told that when God created the world, God did it through words. Let there be, said God, and there was. Words are powerful indeed. They have the power of life. They have the power of death. 
for a number of years, we had the summer interns, ministerial interns at our church. And, and I just watched your words give such life to these young pastors. I remember one who was very bright, very articulate, but when she came in here, she really wasn't sure that, that she really had what it took to be a pastor. And your words encouraged her and affirmed her on every front, everything she did, and that by the end of the summer, she left here knowing that she could pastor, and she does today indeed do that in Seattle, Washington. But, but your words, they made a difference. Now, I, I have had on occasion the opportunity as a pastor who mentors other young pastors to hear from other congregations words that are not encouraging and that just suck the air and the life out of the young student. Words have the power of life and words have the power of death. And because of that, we need to take seriously our words and, and think about them. And so what I'd like to do uh, this morning is just offer you a couple of observations on using words wisely. These won't surprise you, but let me remind you about them uh, anyway. The first one is this. You should use fewer words. You should use fewer words because words have such destructive power. James says that the tongue is like a forest fire just can set everything ablaze. The Proverbs puts it this way. Where talk is in abundance, sin is not absent. Let me give you my own translation. The more we talk, the more opportunity we have to sin. The more we talk, the more opportunity we have to exaggerate, to gossip, to boast, to uh, show pride, to deceive. The more we speak, the more that we get opportunities to put our foot in our mouth. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, now let your yes be yes and your no be no. And anything more than that, Jesus said, is sin. Bill Hybels, wonderful pastor in Chicago, puts it more bluntly when he says, if you want to sin less, talk less. There's just a direct correlation from the amount of words that we use and the amount of sin we find ourselves stepping into. We need to limit our words. James gives wonderful advice in the scripture. James chapter 1 verse 19. I believe James knew these proverbs inside and out. You can just see it in the book of James. And he said, let everyone, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I believe that James's advice can eliminate about 80% of our problems before they even occur. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to anger. One of my favorite things that happened recently with one of our young pastors is while I was on vacation, Mark Williams preached a sermon on anger and apparently someone got angry with him about what he said about anger. We should listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. So the first thing I would say is talk less. Use fewer words. Second thing I would say, the words that you do use Choose them very carefully. The Proverbs say, and it's quoted in our bulletin this morning, that a wise person weighs their words carefully before they use them. You, you choose your words carefully since words can be so powerful. They can bring life, but they can also bring destruction. Choose them wisely and carefully. Choose words that are flame retardant as opposed to words that would put gasoline on a situation. Proverbs 15.1 puts it this way. You all probably learned this growing up. A soft answer turns away wrath. In other words, don't put gasoline on a fire already going with your response. 
Choose your words carefully. I love what one of our, uh, our very first student intern that we had uh, way back in 2002 was preaching on the, the book of James. And you may recall what Zach Roberts said. And, and it's so significant, I wrote it down and hope never to forget it. He said this. He said, if we will taste our words before we speak them, we will be less likely to have to eat them. If we'll taste our words before we speak them, we'll be less likely to have to eat them. If we're careful and we choose them, we, we weigh them appropriately, then we're more than likely going to be better off. Now, those are two things I'd like to share, but sometimes for me, even two things is hard to remember. So I want to give you a shortcut to both of these things. If you want to speak less and learn to choose your words more carefully, I'd give you one piece of advice. Proverbs 18.13 says this, A person who speaks before they listen is a fool. James 1.19 again said, let everyone be quick to listen. If I could give you just one shortcut to speaking less and speaking more wisely, it would be this, listen more. Listening is very significant. Not only the scripture teaches it, but nature teaches the importance of listening itself. Uh, The other day I was speaking way too many words to my teenage son at a time when he wasn't at all able to receive them. And he finally said to me, Dad, have you ever noticed that you have two ears and one mouth for a reason? Nature teaches that. I kind of over-exercised the mouth on that occasion. Spoke too many words. Didn't choose them wisely. The great philosopher Voltaire once said that the way to a man's heart is through the ear. That's the listening is the significant thing that we can do, not only to speak less, but to speak wiser. And the great thing is, not only does it help us and prevent us from starting forest fires, but it also begins to help the person. The better we listen to the person, the more we draw out from them who they are and who God's made them to be. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says that the heart of a person is like deep waters, but someone with insight can draw them out. Translation is people are deep, and if you'll listen to them, they'll begin to reveal themselves. Because I'm a guy who uses a lot of words, but my favorite words are always about myself. So if you give me that opportunity, I will reveal myself. And I'll begin to reveal myself to you, and you'll be able to hear me, help me, and even help me help myself. It is a wonderful gift to learn to listen to someone. It it, it does preventive maintenance for you. It helps draw them out. In fact, I would just remind you that it's not hard to listen. We just have to exercise control of our of our mouth and close it for a bit. Control of our eyes so we can look for nonverbal kind of cues that they give us. And then exercise our brain and try to think and about what the feelings are underneath what they're saying. And then it's appropriate as someone sharing with you to say, well, tell me more or, or you're upset, aren't you? Or you must have felt better when that happened. You can suggest something that allows them to speak more. And the more they speak, the more you listen the more that they are able to share and reveal themselves. And and they come closer, I think, to being the person God has made them to be. One of my favorite stories is from a guy who was a medical professional. He flew to a conference in uh, Los Angeles. And one of the workshops in the conference was how to have better relationships with your patients. So he went to one, and they taught him how to ask his patient questions and listen. And so he decided on the plane ride home, he would try that. So they're flying from L.A. to Dallas, and he tries it. So he turns to the guy sitting next to him and asks him a few questions, and then asks him a few more. And, and a few hours later, as the guy talked all the way from Los Angeles to Dallas, the plane lands, they get ready to get off, and the man says to the medical professional, 
after he's talked the whole time, he says to him, thank you for uh, sitting near me. You're the most interesting man I've ever met. He never said a word. Just asked a few questions. But the, the person so appreciated the opportunity to share and reveal. And it's a wonderful thing that happens as we listen we uh, prevent damage that we could do. We help the person get drawn out more uh, because all of us, I think, need to be drawn out. And then one really critical thing happens. And I reminded you of this a couple weeks ago. The Bible is very clear that God speaks through other people in our lives. And so as we listen to other people, sometimes we will actually hear God's voice speak to us. Remember the great writer Dallas Willard says, if you're not going to listen to other people, then you're not planning on listening to God. Because so much of what God wants to tell you is going to come through the mouth of another person. So the beautiful thing about listening is I choose my words more carefully. I help the person uh, reveal themselves and move closer to who God's helping them to be. And as an added bonus, I get to hear God speak. Because the wonderful thing about God is our God is so humble that God is not going to speak while someone else is, while I'm speaking. God's going to wait until I'm quiet, and then through the mouth of somewhere else, I will hear God's voice. And that usually proves to have been worth the listening 